Hey, thanks for checking out this message from LifeGate Church. We hope that God uses this message to encourage you and to help you live in the freedom and purpose that Jesus has for your life. Are you ready for the word? Let's pray and we're going to go. Father, thank you for the opportunity to gather in the name of Jesus. For this time of worship, we've, we've declared, we've witnessed your faithfulness. We've, we've witnessed your love and your kindness towards us. And God, we're so thankful. We really are. We've declared how great is our God, for you are truly great, and we bless you on this day. And as we come to your word, we pray you speak to us, ears, heart to hear from you, in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Friends, eight sleeps to Christmas. Yeah, exciting. Who's looking forward to Christmas this year? Yeah. Who, who goes, oh dear, Christmas? Who's that? Oh dear, Christmas. Yeah, someone said at the nine o'clock, they're stressed out. Who's having people at their house for Christmas? Lots of people for their house. Um, tonight, I've got a, um, a street Christmas party. So this week, my daughter and Heidi went up and down the street and gave out invitations. So tonight, I'm having maybe half the street come to my house just to have them in my, in my house. No one else does it. I, I didn't do it last year. No one else offered. So I think it's my house and have the opportunity during the, before we eat to say grace. And I'm going to remind them to make room for Jesus this Christmas. Make, make room for Jesus. Um, that, and that's the message Christmas Day too, which is really cool. Who's done their Christmas shopping? Who's fully organized? Fully organized, Saskia. That's impressive. Who, who's got a, like heaps to do? Heaps to do. Wow. Who's cooking, like a, who's cooking up a storm this Christmas? You, Donna. Dave. Saturday night. It's going to be Saskia, are you cooking? Did I see your hand? Pudding. Wow. That's exciting. Christmas is a wonderful time. I looked up um, the word Christmas, and it simply means Mass on Christ's Day. Mass on Christ's Day. Well, that's interesting. That's interesting, isn't it? Christmas is supposed to be all about Jesus, all about Christ, but it's been hijacked, hijacked by the world. How has, this is, yell out your answers, how has the world hijacked Christmas? Yell out your answers. It's, it's about what? Santa, it's not about Jesus anymore. So, so how have they taken it? Consumerism. What else? Sales. Sales, yes. I look forward to the Boxing Day sales after Christmas. Anyone else? Yes. Xmas. Happy holidays instead of happy Christmas. The holiday tree. Ah, oh, I've never heard of the holiday tree. Anyone else? How about um, let's, let's be controversial. Who loves controversy? Okay. Now, after this, you, Xavier, you love controversy. I love you, man. You're awesome. So um, you should have been here a Sunday night a few weeks ago when, when Xavier told us what he really thought. I loved it. It, ru- it ruffled the room up. It was excellent. Let's be controversial, and you can have an opinion, and we're still going to love you. We're not kicking you out of the church, and your brothers and sisters in Christ are still going to love you. Right. As a Christian family, put up your hand if you think this is okay. Right. As a Christian family, it's okay to have Santa Claus coming to your house and giving your kids presents. Hands up if it's okay. Hands, hands down. Who thinks it's not okay? Ah, oh, interesting. We still love you. We, we still love you. Okay. <laughs> we're not getting, we're going to love each other in our opinions. How about this? How about some of our songs that have been hijacked? It used to be about Jesus. Now you need to finish off the song. All I want for Christmas 
Thanks, Mill. It's Jesus. Thank you, Stephen. I'm dreaming of a Santa Clauses. Yeah, they've taken all the Christmas songs, all that. They've taken all the songs and they've tweaked and they've taken them to mean what things, what Christmas is not about. Christmas is about the birth of Jesus. Now today, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, I might blow your minds a little bit because I'm going to tell you about one of, the one of the Christmas songs that we've been singing, not we personally, for 200 years, but the church has been singing for 200 years. That's not actually a Christmas song. Has, anyone, does anyone remember Sale of the Century and Tony Barber? Now, we were in the prayer meeting at 8.40 this morning in the kids' room, and, we, and I told them what we're about to do, and, and um, Rachel, Rachel Owen, who running kids, if you know Rachel, please grab her at the end, she apparently wrote a poem to Tony Barber, and Tony Barber wrote, wrote back to her, and then she started to recite the poem. I don't remember it, but it was pretty impressive. So when you see Rachel, say, tell me about the poem for Tony Barber. So Sale of the Century... And they, and they had that phrase, what, what was it? Who am I? Yeah, so I'm going to ask you, what is the song? Now, I don't want you to yell out, yell it out because I want people to sit in it and give everyone the opportunity. So once you've worked out the song, I want you to do thumbs up as if you got it. Okay, you ready for this? Are you ready for this? What song am I? And they have music underneath, don't they? The song started as a poem and it was written over 300 years ago by a guy named Isaac Watts in 1719. Looking at Martin Baker. No thumbs yet. <laughs> it was originally part of a book of poems based on the Psalms. So Isaac Watts got the Psalms, like Psalm 1, Psalm 2, and then he wrote a poem with the themes of that Psalm. And when he got to Psalm 98, he wrote a poem. And then 100 years later, a guy named... Lowell Mason put a melody to the second half of the poem. Does anyone know? Anyone know yet? You know what it is. Oh, does she really? Don't tell us. Put a, put a melody to the second half of the poem. Now, I'm going to read you Psalm 98, and I'll highlight the second part. And if you can try and work out the themes of the psalm. Sing to the Lord a new song. For he has done marvelous things. So this Christmas song is based on the second half of this psalm. For he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. Verse 2. The Lord has made... Anyone worked it out so far? Just one. The Lord has made... Well, they think they've worked it out. The Lord has made his salvation known and revealed his righteousness to the nations. He has remembered his love... And his faithfulness to Israel, all the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Burst into jubilant song with music. Make music to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and the sound of singing. With trumpets and the blast of the ram's horn. Shout for joy before the Lord the King. Let the sea resound and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. All the rivers clap their hands let the mountains sing together for joy. Let them sing before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the people with equity. What's the song? Joy. 
Someone said, shout to the Lord um, in the first service. No pointing who that was. Um, Joy to the world. That's right. Now, as we read this, you'll actually notice that the psalm isn't talking about the birth of Jesus. It's actually talking about the second coming and the reign of Jesus. So as we look at this song, Joy to the World, I'm going to get you to rethink the words of this song from this is about the baby to about this is, this is, this is about the, the, the king and his coming. Let me prove it to you. Let's look through these words. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. We're going to look at that phrase because what does that mean? Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room and heaven and nature sing. Second verse. Joy to the world. Yeah, what happened there? What happened there? There it is. We've got two verse twos. Joy to the earth. The Savior reigns. Let men their songs employ. To employ your song means use your song. Men, use your songs. Joy to the earth. The Savior reigns. He's king. He's coming. He reigns. While field and floods, rocks, hills and plains repeat the sounding joy. No more, verse 3, this is the verse we don't often do. No more let sins and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessing flow, far as the curse is found. When Jesus comes to redo the new heaven and the new earth, and he rebuilds this earth, we have to live on it again. And verse verse 4, he rules the world with truth and grace, and makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness. The glories of his righteousness and the wonders of his love. Who's been challenged today with this thought of this song? Anyone? Nobody? Great, just me. So let's now go through this song in a little bit more detail. And the first thing that that the psalmist does is he celebrates joy to the world. This is a really good thing for the world. Why? Because the Lord is come. Now, what does that mean, the Lord is come? I didn't know. So I did a bit of research, and it's... 300-year-old language, and it gave me these definitions of all these verbs and adverbs. I didn't know what any of that meant. I said, just give me the meaning, please. So this is the meaning. The Lord is come, puts the emphasis on the state of having come and now being here, as opposed to saying the Lord has come, emphasizing on the action of coming. The point Isaac Watts is making is that the Lord didn't just come, but he is also here. He is Lord. He is moving in our lives. We can talk to him. We can pray to him. Jesus is alive. He's here to meet us, to heal us, to, tra- to change us. And we are here to worship him. You know, God has revealed himself through Jesus. And we sing joy, joy. We are thankful because God has given us Jesus. And we can be in relationship with him now, which is the second part, which is a natural response. Let earth... Let all of creation receive her king. Jesus is our king. Let every heart prepare him room. That's our response. Jesus is here. Jesus has come. He is king. The natural response is for us to open ourselves up to him. Let's receive him as our king. And let our hearts maybe make room for him. You know, in our lives, I wonder how much room you have for Jesus. You know, some of us can make this much room for Jesus. Others offer this much, this much, this much. You know, God wants more room. Jesus wants more room in our lives to him. And that's just not praying to him. That's honoring him in the way we speak, in the way we act. Finding out his will for our lives. 
and going after it. And the last bit here, let heaven, let heaven and nature sing. And that's the thing what we read in the Psalms about the rivers clapping their hands and all of creation rejoicing. Verse 2, joy to the earth, the Savior reigns. Celebrate, because Jesus, who came as a baby, didn't stay as a baby, grew to be a man and died on a cross as the Savior of the world. The most extraordinary act in all of history is that God would send his son to save me. In my sin, in my rebellion, under God's wrath, separated from God, through Jesus' death, he made a way for my sin to be forgiven, to have a relationship with God that starts now and goes forever. Jesus is the Savior who reigns. He's now seated at the right hand of the Father, and he's ruling. Now, how much is that rule is happening? He has rulership over his kingdom, and there's parts of this world that are absolutely under his rule, but then there's other parts where Satan still has a say, and people still make dumb choices and live by the flesh. So Jesus is ultimately in control, but under this ultimate control, Satan still has influence. People still have choices. And so he is ruling, but one day when he returns and judgment and he makes the new heaven and the new earth and rules here, that's when we're going to see the fullness of his reign. How do we respond? Let men, their songs, employ, use our songs to worship him. It goes on to say, while fields and floods, rocks, hills and plains, repeat the sounding joy, the creation was made by him and for him. You know, it's not just us people, but all of creation was made to glorify God. I love sitting at the beach and watching the waves and the closing my, laying on the sand and closing my eyes and just listening to the psh, psh. Anyone else like that? And it takes me just to honor God and worship God for what he's made. And then I put on that planet, that planet Earth with David Attenborough. And then you have those, those things. And I read this, I watched this thing, I don't even know what it was about, a little beetle actually had to climb through a flower. And as they climbed through, through the squashy bit of the flower, they got this pollen on them so that when they went to the next thing, they pollinated the next. Boom! I was like, wow, that's amazing. I explained it really badly, by the way. But, and they say it just happened by chance. It, no! There's a designer, there's a creator that designed all these beautiful things. And as we look at the creation, we go, wow, God, you are amazing. And you know what the scripture says? If we don't celebrate him... Rocks will cry out. The, the Romans 8, I think, is the rocks, the creation will cry out, glorifying our God. You know, our songs are really important. We are to use our songs, the creation, using their songs to worship him because he is truly, truly worthy. In Colossians chapter 3, it tells us to sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And as we do that, we, it says in that, we, we sing to each other and we encourage and we teach each other as we sing. And it's beautiful when you're in worship and you have people who um, are passionate in their worship and they sing with passion and you hear them singing these, these declarations about God and I'm built up and I'm encouraged by those people who, who sing with passion. Or if they're really, um, they, 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 they have a posture of humble, excuse me, burp, just came up. Excuse me, couldn't kind of much about that. <laughs> Get your raincoat. Um, and you see people in worship and they humble themselves before the Lord. Man, I'm encouraged by that. I want to be like that. But as we sing, this in Colossians, also, Colossians 3 also says that we bring our worship to the Lord. 
for he is, he is worthy of all praise. And, and, and as people praise him, it's like it, it grabs his attention. It's like, wow, those people are praising me. Those people are praising me. And he looks upon them. And as we worship him and God looks upon us, the stuff that we think is impossible becomes possible as we encounter him in a powerful way. And mindsets are changed and bodies are healed. And freedom comes as we encounter him in a personal, powerful way. Use your songs to encourage each other. Use your songs as a way of encountering him. For he is worthy of all praise. And as you worship him, he moves powerfully in our lives. Verse 2, look at verse 3. No more let sins and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes when he returns to make his blessings flow far as the curse is found. You know, when Jesus comes and we will go up, those who are, leave, so are dead, the dead in Christ will rise first in 1 Thessalonians 5. Then those who are still alive will rise up and then God is going to create the new heaven and the new earth. And we're going to come back and live in this place. But this time, like it was in the garden, no sin, no thorns, no thistles, no sorrow, no pain, no death, all done, all fixed, and we'll be with God forever in this place. And his blessing will flow across this earth, far as the curse is found, the curse of sin, over, finished, now Jesus' blessing. And that is for everybody who puts our faith in him. Are you here? Have you put your faith in Jesus yet? If you haven't, there's an opportunity today to do that. And what Christ has got for you in your future, when he returns and he rebuilds this place, and we get to live here, and we get to lay on the sand, hopefully the sand, and hopefully there's beach, and there's pshh, and hopefully you can swim without the sharks wanting to eat you, and catch the waves shark-free, and no, stone, no stonefish that are going to, and no stingrays that are going to barb your leg. All those things, you know, the beach is going to be a whole nother level great. As he rebuilds it. Last one. That's just my stuff. You can have your own version. <laughs> he rules the world with truth and grace. I love that. We're going to talk about that in a moment. And makes the nations prove, the nations, and, and, the, and the nations will show the glories of his righteousness and the wonders of his love. Now, is, is the psalmist writing about Jesus ruling now? Is he talking about that now? Or is he talking about him? Ruling then, well, not sure, but either way is good because, yeah, both end. If he's ruling the world with truth and grace, we'll talk about that in a moment. How does the nation show his righteousness and his love? Well, if it's for now, we look at how people treat each other and we see the mess that the world is in. And then we look at God and his love and his kindness and that he would give his best, give his son Jesus to die for us. And that he would put the sun in the right spot so if it gets any closer, we don't get burnt up, gets any further away and we freeze. He keeps the sun in the exact same spot and he keeps the world spinning so we just don't drift off into nowhere. And he gives us air and he gives us water and his grace upon us, his kindness. And we look at the way Jesus lived and his righteousness and the right way of living and the right way of treating people and we compare it with what we've got today. We can compare and say, wow, God is so amazing. His way is truth. His way is right. His way is love, as we compare. But if it's talking about the, the, the new heaven, new earth where Jesus reigns, well, then we're going, to walk, we're going to walk in his righteousness. We're going to walk in his love. And, and, we're, and we're going to know how great it is. What is ahead of us, friends? Friends. 
He rules the world with truth and grace. When you think of rulers today, and there's so much media with the Ukraine and Gaza and all that stuff, and Trump and Biden and oh, all that stuff. And you look at rulers today, and I don't know if you do, but I often ask myself, I wonder what their motive is in that. What's the motive? And here, Jesus rules with both truth and grace. And it's the most beautiful way to rule. Because truth says this is right, this is wrong, this is the best way, accountability. And if it was all that, well, God would look at us and see our failure and say, well, you're done, it's over. But it's not just truth. It's also grace. Where God doesn't treat us in the way we deserve. But he lavishes his love and his forgiveness and his kindness upon me and upon you if you're a follower of Jesus today. It's there, it's available, and as we come under his lordship, we see his truth and how to live and the best way. And we also come to him in grace because we don't deserve it, and yet he gives it to us anyway. This beautiful picture of the king who rules with truth and grace, and because of that, he's trustworthy, he's reliable. We can surrender our lives to him. So as we come to the end of this song, um, we're going to sing it in a few moments. But let me just ask you some questions. It's called Joy to the World. When you think about Jesus coming, when you think about his rule, when you think about his reign, does that bring joy to you? The, the Apostle Paul says, I think it's at the end of Romans, he says, Maranatha. Wow. That, that word simply is a prayer that's, come, Lord Jesus. There is a looking forward to his return. You know, in our world today, when we talk about Judgment Day, and we talk about Terminator, and we talk about, um, um, how else do they talk about it? Um, uh, what is the word? Armageddon. And we can think of that as a, as a really negative thing. And for people who think about the return of Jesus and he's going to judge, you could, it could be seen as a negative thing. But for us who are in Christ, it's the most beautiful thing. It is looking forward to what Jesus has for us. We have the blessings now living under his rule, living under his reign. We have so many blessings now. And eternal life does start now. When we die, we just go on the next step in the journey. But what is ahead of us? Wow, it's incredible. And we should be joyful that Jesus is going to be coming back. We should be praying that Jesus would come back. We need to be ready so that when he does come, that our hearts are ready for him, that we're now right standing with God. So we come, we don't go, oh dear, but it's oh yes. Are you joyful that Jesus is coming back? Number two, have you received Jesus as your king? You know what? Jesus coming and the new heaven and the new earth is for everybody who puts their trust in him. And if you have not yet done that, today can be your day. At the end of this song, we're going to have a prayer team. They're going to come and stand here. And if you want to commit your life to Jesus, you can come and stand, and they will lead you in a prayer to commit your life to Jesus. We want you to do that today if you haven't done it. Last night, as Denny said, the two people committed their life to Jesus. Praise God for that. It's amazing. And the third one. In this song, in this psalm, it says we should be deliberate in our worship. Use your songs to glorify him. Let's be people in our worship, celebrate, 
encourage and open ourselves up to an encounter with Jesus. So should we sing Joy to the World at Christmas time? Yes! Because the birth of Jesus is just one step in the journey. And if we just talk about the birth, we're missing it. Because the angel came to Mary and said, he's going to be a king and his kingdom is never going to end because he's going to rule and he's going to reign. The angel said to Joseph, call him Jesus because he will save his people from there. He's our savior. He saves us from our sin. See, the birth isn't just a one-off moment. It was a, before he was born, the, the angel spoke about who he was and what he was going to do. And so we look at his death, we look at his resurrection, we look forward, looking forward to his return. So as we sing joy to the world today, remember his birth by all means. But let's remember that he's coming again and it's something to celebrate. Amen? Let's stand together and we're going to worship him. Father, we thank you. We thank you, God, for the opportunity to gather in the name of Jesus. We thank you that Christ has come, not just as a baby, but grew to be a man who, who died on a cross, who rose again, ascended to heaven, and now waiting to come again. Thanks so much for checking out this message. LifeGate Church has people meeting in person and online in many different locations, and we'd love to help you get connected. My name's Andrew and I lead our online team here at LifeGate Church and it's our job to do exactly that. We'd love to help you find community, get support and prayer and take your next step. So why don't you connect with us and take your next step at lifegate.org.au and click the next step button.